Hare Krishna. So today we are very fortunate to have Her Grace uh, one Malini Manjiri Mataji from uh, uh, from uh, I'm just forgetting the Siddhar name. Siddhar uh, Rapid. Siddhar Rapid. I I Ohio, right? Ohio. Iowa. 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 Okay. I'm not able to. Just not in my head. Sorry. So from USA and. Uh, Mataji is going to enlighten us on the verse 5.5.19 from Srivad Bhagavatam. So Mataji, please take over. Thank you so much, Mataji. Hare Krishna. And I offer my humble obeisances to all the devotees on the call. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Thank you so much. I feel fortunate to be in the association of devotees and do a service of um, chanting and hearing of Srimad Bhagavatam. So today's verse is 5.19. Before we go into that, uh, invoke auspiciousness and take blessings of senior acharyas by chanting the Mangalacharya phrase. Om Ajnana Timiram Dasya Jnana Salakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manu Bhishtam Sapitam Nenabhutale Swayam Rupaha Vada Mahiyam Gadadi Swapadantikam Mandeham Sri Guru Sri Tapadakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavamsham Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sakana Rakunatam Vitam Tamsa Jeevam Sadvaitam Savadutam Sarijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Vedam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Radhita Sri Vishakhan Vipasham He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rushabhanu Sute Devi Pranamhami Hari Priye Manchakal Patarubhyascha Krupa Sindhu Bhyevacha Patitanam Bhavani Bhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namaha Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadhadhara Shri Vasadi Gaurabhatta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskrutyam Naram Shivanarotamam Devim Saraswatim Vyasam Tato Jayamadirayet Krishnaya Vasudevaya Devaki Nandanaya Chaum Nandagupakumaraya Govindayanamu Namaha Omah Pankajana Bahaya Namah Pankajamalini Namah Pankajanitraya Namaste Pankajankhaye We are reading 5.19 
இதம் ஷரீரம் வமதுர்விபாவியம் சத்வம் ஹிமே ஹயம் எம பிருஷே கிருத்தோமேயதர்ம ஆரஹாத் அத்தோஹீமாம் பிராஹுராரியாரீரம் துர்விபாவியம் inconceivable satvam with no thing of the material modes of nature he indeed me my hrudayam art yatra wherein dharma the real platform of religion bhakti yoga prushte on the back rutha me me by me at because adharma irreligion arat for away atah therefore he indeed mam me prushabam the best of living beings prahuhu call arya those who are advanced in spiritual life or the respectable superiors translation my transcendental body sachidananda vikraha looks exactly like a human form but it is not a material human body it is inconceivable i am not forced by any by nature to accept a particular type of body i take on a body by my own sweet will my heart is also spiritual and i always think of welfare of my devotees therefore within my heart can be found the process of devotional service which is meant for devotees far from my heart have i abandoned a religion and non devotees devotional activities they do not appeal to me due to all these transcendental qualities people generally pray to me as rishabadeva the supreme personality of godhead the best of all living entities proper in this verse the words idam shariram nama idam shariram mama durvibhavyam are very significant generally we experience two energies material energy and spiritual energy we have some experience of the material energy earth water air fire ether mind intelligence and ego because in the in the material world everyone's body is composed of these elements within the material body is the spiritual soul but we cannot see it with the material eyes when we see a body full of spiritual energy it is very difficult for us to understand how the spiritual energy can have a body it is said that lord rishabhadev's body is completely spiritual therefore for a materialistic person it is very difficult to understand for a materialistic person a completely spiritual body is inconceivable we have to accept the version of the vedas when our experimental perception cannot understand a subject as stated in brahma samhita ishvara parama krishna sachidananda vikraha the supreme lord has a body with a form but that body is not composed of material elements it is made of spiritual bliss eternity and living force by the inconceivable energy of the supreme personality of godhead the lord can appear before us in his original spiritual body but because we have no experience of the spiritual body we are sometimes bewildered and see the form of the lord as material the mayavadi philosophers are completely unable to conceive of a spiritual body they say that the spirit is always impersonal and when 
whenever they see something personal, they take it for granted that it is material. In Bhagavad Gita, it is said, Avajananti mamudha manushim tanvasritam param bhavanajananto mamabhuta maheshwaram. Fools deride me when I descend in the human form. They do not know my transcendental nature and my supreme dominion over all that be. Unintelligent people think that the Supreme Lord accepts a body composed of material energy. We can easily understand the material body, but we cannot understand the spiritual body. Therefore, Rushabadev says, Idam Sariram Mamadur Vibhapyam. In the spiritual body, everyone, in the spiritual world, everyone has a spiritual body. There is no conception of material existence there. In the spiritual world, there is only once, there is only service. And the receiving of the service, there is only Savya, Seva, and the Sevika. The person served, the process of service, and the servant. These three items are completely spiritual, and therefore the spiritual world is called absolute. There is no thing of material contamination there. Being completely transcendental to the material conception, Lord Rishabhadev states that his heart is composed of Dharma. Dharma is explained in Bhagavad Gita, in the spiritual world, every living entity is surrendered to the Supreme Lord and is completely on the flat spiritual platform. Although there are servitors, the served and the service, all are all spiritual and variegated. At the present moment, due to our material conception, everything is durvibhavya, inconceivable. Being the Supreme, the Lord is called Ushaba the best. In terms of the Vedic language, Nityo Nityana, we are also spiritual, but we are subordinate. Krishna, the Supreme Lord, is the foremost living entity. The Lord, the word Rishabha means the chief or the Supreme and indicates the Supreme Being or God Himself. Hare Krishna. So we are on, we're actually in fifth chapter, of fifth canto, which is teachings of Lord Rishabhadev to his sons. So as we know, this chapter is completely dedicated to Priyavrata, second son, uh, the other son of Swayambhumani. One first son is Uttanapada and the other son is Priyavrata. So Priyavrata's son is Agnidhara. Agnidhara's son is Nabi. And Nabi, after doing austerities, he gets um, Supreme Lord himself in the form of Lord um, in Lord Rishabhadev as his son. And Rishabhadev is now preaching to his sons before he leaves um, uh, for meditation. So Rishabhadev, these are the teachings of Lord Rishabhadev to his sons. So this is not just for his sons. Like how the teachings of Bhagavad Gita are not just for Arjuna. Arjuna is made... Um, an instrument and those teachings are for all of us. Arjuna, for a moment, a great devotee of Lord, was illusioned and treated and uh, got under the influence, uh, got overwhelmed by compassion and forgot his um, duty as a Kshatriya. And then Krishna helped him after surrendering, preaching him. Here, uh, similarly, Rushabhadev. Lord Rishabhadev is preaching to his sons. And these preachings are for all of us. So this verse particularly, uh, this is in continuation. 
um, in continuation to those teachings. And another wonderful verse, um, if we notice, this is something Krishna says, if we can understand Krishna, we don't need to come back to this material world and take birth again. So this verse starts with, Idam Sariram Mama Durvibhapyam. So Roshabadev is saying, my transcendental body, Prabhupada, if we see Prabhupada's translations or purports, Prabhupada, um, even the synonyms or the words, the meanings, Prabhupada puts the final conclusion that we have to derive from that verse uh, in the beginning itself. He repeatedly mentions that. So here, idaram Siriram. So um, uh, he puts transcendental body, which is personal. It is not impersonal. Because idam seriram, a body, Prashabdev is speaking here. So Prabhupada immediately writes that Satchit Ananda Vigraha. To, to emphasize that it is different from our body. The body that we are taking right now is different from the body which Rushbadev have. And uh, like how here Rushbadev has spoken earlier about all the things his son has, his sons has to do and practice and how they have to dedicate their lives to devotional service, how they have to be careful, how they have to take spiritual master and all. And now here he's speaking about himself. This sounds to us similar to what Krishna has spoken to Arjuna in the fourth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, where he says, Ajopisan avyayatma bhutanam ishwaropisan Prakrutim Swam Adishthaya Sambhavamya Atma Mayaya. He says here, Ajaha. Krishna says here, Ajaha, unborn, api, although sun being so, avyaya, without deterioration, although I am unborn and my transcendental body never deteriorates, and although I am the Lord of all living entities, I still appear in every millennium in my original transcendental form. So these instructions of Lord Rishabhadev sound similar to what Krishna has spoken in Bhagavad Gita. So if we can if we can understand Bhagavad Gita verse by verse in detail, as Bhagavad Gita mentions that it is Sarvopanishad Saram, um, it, we, it, we get all the summary of the Upanishads, Bhagavatam and all. So here similar verse we see in Bhagavad Gita, what Krishna is saying that his body is transcendental. In the fourth chapter itself, Krishna says, Chanma karma chame divyam. My birth and my activities, both are transcendental. Both are transcendental. And one who knows that, Janma karma chame divyam, evam yo veti tattvataha, 4.9, taktvadeham punarjanma, naiti mameti suarjuna. This one simple thing, one if we understand that Krishna's birth and activities are transcendental, they are not influenced by the modes or they are not under the material nature like ours, itself helps us to get liberated. One who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not, upon leaving the body, take his birth again in this material body, but attains my eternal abode. So the Lord descends from his transcendental abode. Um, he has already explained that in the sixth verse. But one who understands this, 
get liberated. So similar in similar lines, we see this verse 5.5.19, uh, which Rishabhadev is telling. In this verse, the words idam seriram mama durvibhavyam are very significant. Generally, we experience two energies, material and spiritual. We have some experience of material energy because in the material world, everyone's body is composed of these elements. So as we know, material nature, which consists of the 24 material elements, our body, all these material elements like earth, water, air, fire, ether and mind, they are outside and they are also inside our body. Our body is made of these material elements and as we all know, our body goes through six transformations, like it will be born, it will go, uh, it will uh, stay there for some time, it will generate, uh, it will create uh, um, uh, progeny, it will give uh, byproducts, and then it will dwindle, and then it will disappear. It will go back again into those material elements. That is our body. And we can see that, and we can easily identify that, uh, but we cannot understand about the spiritual world, about the spiritual world. Because often this is the question many people get. So we get liberated, we go to Golok Vrindavan. What we are going to do there? When we go to Vaikuntha planets, how we are going to look? And Prabhupada actually mentions in some other mm -hmm. places also, like how we all receive a body according to the planet that we are going in. Like how, when we leave this body and when we, um, when we go to the heavenly planets or the hellish planets, we will be given a body that suits that planet. Because if we see in this fifth chapter, um, in the last chapter where it explains all the hellish planets, it explains different kinds of punishments. Some of those punishments looks very impossible to endure with human body like uh, getting fried in the oil, uh, all those things. Because we will die as soon as we, I mean, uh, we will leave that body as soon as we are put in a frying oil. If, if we are able to sustain in the boiling oil and still endure the pain, that means we, have, we will be given a body to, to experience that pain um, and, uh, uh, and know that we are suffering. So the bodies that we take changes from, uh, from, uh, from one planet to another. And Prabhupada also mentions an example of sun planet, like there, there, is, uh, there are living entities on the sun planet also, but they will have a body which can endure the heat of the sun. So in that way, we, we should not be wondering that, we should not be concluding or we should not be thinking that this is the only form of the body, that, the body that we are having is the only uh, body, type of the body that everybody will have. So to understand material body, it is not difficult because we see that and everyone's body is composed of these elements, so we understand that. But what we don't understand most of the times is that inside this material body, there is a spirit soul. So when we see a material body moving, uh, talking, doing, experiencing, uh, speaking, all these things, it is because of the presence of the spirit soul in it. If the spirit soul move, goes away from this body, uh, the same material body, which is made of these 24 elements, becomes useless and don't per, uh, and perishes also. It won't stay um, uh, uh, longer 
it becomes away as good as the waste the, the moment we die itself nobody um claim uh, calls the uh, body with the name that it was been called before or it was respond like let's say if i die tomorrow um so nobody will say maybe for few minutes they say that vanamalli um, mataji has passed away or vani has passed away but when when people address the um, address me lying down there dead my material body they say it's a dead body take the dead body away even maybe my own prabhu and my children might be afraid to stay alone in the same room where uh, where the dead body is that is the general tendency we start calling it it because the soul inside it has um, inside it went away so we cannot see it with material eyes when we see a body full of spiritual energy it is very difficult for us to understand how the spiritual energy can have a body so we don't uh, we, we won't understand that how a spiritual energy the spirit soul has a body and there are many verses in the second chapter where it explains how how is the soul what is the nature of the soul and how soul takes the body swasamsi jirnani eto vihayani the soul takes the material bodies and as soon as the body gets deteriorated it it changes to another body as easy as we leave the clothes which get spoiled or which get soiled which gets dirty so that easily soul changes the bodies but we for us to understand for 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 normal human beings who are not inclined to the philosophy or to the gnana to acquire the knowledge or who doesn't inquire about who we are who doesn't go beyond eating mating sleeping um and defending it's very very difficult for them to understand it's it's overwhelming and it's confusing also for them to think that the whole endeavor that i am doing throughout my life is going to end as soon as i leave body that thought itself bewilders them that thought itself makes them worry that so what um, then i should stop enjoying um, but i see that in this material world everybody is enjoying so i have to enjoy this material body so if we see over uh, if we see the ignorance of the people around um, which 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 is so obvious and um, um, which is so obvious that they think this material body is everything and they go with the philosophy of enjoying everything um, and anything without any rules and regulations but they forget that as soon as we are put into this material body we are into material universe we have certain rules and regulations to follow but since we think that we have to lord over this material nature we have to lord over this material body we have to use this material body as a source of enjoyment we we uh, forget and we um, don't consider any rules and regulations so for those who are involved too much in material enjoyment to understand anything beyond that material body is very difficult and some don't even want to endeavor that because it will push them away from their enjoyments so for a materialistic person the completely spiritual body is inconceivable they can't even imagine so if you see there are certain um, religions or certain groups they don't believe in uh, reincarnation or they don't believe in life after death 
So for them there is no soul. Whatever it is, is this material body. And Prabhupada also nicely says in the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, they think that this material body is creation of some kinds of a material uh, formula or a chemical reaction. It exists at some point of time and it will not exist at another point of time. But they won't be able to answer why then they are not able to create. If it is a combination of some material, chemical and material, chemical elements, why they are not able to manufacture this life in the uh, laboratories? That they cannot answer. But they don't want to know about the spiritual nature of ours, the spiritual element which is inside the material bodies. It's very, very difficult for the materialistic people. They may be coming to the class, they may be um, attending the regular sessions, they may sound philosophical, um, they may be, sometimes you find that they may be attending classes regularly, but it, but this concept does not go um, into them uh, because it's very difficult to understand this thing. It's not easy. If it is easy, Krishna doesn't say that um, only uh, mil- uh, only uh, one in million tries to be perfect, and uh, uh, one um, one imperfected mil- uh, uh, one out of perfected million uh, million perfected beings try to understand me, and one out of those millions who try to understand me understands me. So it is that difficult to understand Krishna or the Supreme Personality of Godhead or Narayana or Lord Vishnu, whoever we uh, uh, we say, all his expansions is very difficult for people to understand or even conceive. Because most of the times we say that if I see, I will believe. If I see, I will remember. Here, Rushabhadev is saying to his sons, Idam Sariram. Divibhasham. It is very difficult to conceive my thing. This is not same as yours. This is this is transcendental, which is above the moods. You are under the influence of the moods. That's why the karmas, the activities that you do, which are supposed to be abided to dharma, the scriptures all the time, but you deviate from them and you do vikarma, the karmas that are men- not mentioned in the scriptures because you are under the influence of the moods. That is not the case with Supreme Personality of Godhead. So we have to accept the version of Vedas when our experimental perception cannot understand a subject. So this is something which we really, really have to internalize in ourselves. When we do, when we cannot see something, we first have to have to put a little bit of faith in the scriptures that we are reading. If we approach the scriptures with a doubtful mind, thinking that I know, we should not approach the scriptures like how we are approaching the um, normal books, normal literature. So when we understand a literature, because the normal literature is written by the human beings, and most of the times, unless very few authors, you will be finding they will be writing something they have seen or something they have experienced or something they have seen in others' lives or in others' experience. So it is very easy for us to understand. So if we know the language, we will be able to understand that. But that is not the case with the, tra- uh, with the scriptures. Scriptures tells us things that we did not even, we can't even imagine of because we didn't see it because we are in this material world. So when we are approaching scriptures, we should approach scriptures through the lenses of the spiritual masters, through the lenses of the acharyas who have seen the truth. 
How they have seen the truth? By practicing the devotional life, by dedicating their life completely, by doing an unalloyed devotional service without any other motive. They, they have dedicated their lives to that and they have, they, uh, they have seen the truth with the mercy of Krishna and with mercy of their Guru and for the benefit of the followers coming later um, who, who wants to find the truth, they write those books. So when we approach the scriptures, we have to, to, we have to read them through the lenses of the Acharyas. But what we are doing, we try to doubt the Acharyas also. Um, uh, definitely we get confused when we see different Sampradayas um, and different kinds of books. But it is not that all of them are not present in the Vedas. Vedas or the scriptures, they, care, they, they, they cater different kinds of mindsets and different kinds of people. So Krishna pretty well knows that all of us are individuals and all of us have different kinds of inclinations. So he lets those Acharyas only reveal that particular part. So they are partial. It's not that they are uh, incorrect. They are partial. They are not complete. And with the time and circumstances, they only reveal little bit. Let's say if if I am having, if I want, if I want to make a, 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 my kid grow up into a habit of studying, sitting down and studying uh, for longer hours, when he is young itself, I won't be making them sit down for hours and say that you have to study, you have to do this. You, they, but because at the young age they don't have much. But how do I start? How I start with 10 minutes, 5 minutes, and I won't reveal everything that they're going to see in the future, but I make them a habit of sitting down for 10 minutes or 5 minutes. Same with us. If we want to chant 16 rounds, we start with one round first, systematically, regularly, and we go to 16. Similarly, not all the truth is revealed by those Acharyas. We first bring them to a level, and then from there we take to another level, and from there we take to another level. So when we are looking at the scriptures, we should not be looking like a normal literature, and we should not be approaching with a puffed up mind that I know everything, um, and then uh, this is what I am understanding, so this is what it is. Always when we approach the scriptures, we should always have that humbleness, and we should not be going with a challenging mode, but instead we should be going with a mode that I want to understand this, I want to know this. So when we approach Acharyas or when we approach devotees who are uh, giving sessions also, we should be going in an approaching, we should be going in an humble and approaching um, and, uh, and uh, trying to know the truth mode, but not like, you know, this Mataji is speaking something, but I know better than her. So let me challenge her. So that should not be our mode. By inconceivable energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Lord can appear before us in His original spiritual body, but because we have no experience of the spiritual body, we are sometimes bewildered and see the form of the Lord as material. So this is what. So even though Krishna is in front of us in, in, in spiritual body, like Lord Rishabhadeva is in the spiritual body, because we don't know the spiritual body, we will not be considering him. We will be thinking that he is material. Let's say if I don't know who is the CEO of my company, even if he sits next to me um, and he um, and he, uh, he takes a lunch, I won't be uh, I won't be giving him that uh, due respect or that reverence 
which I will be doing um, when I know his original nature, who he is. Similarly like that, we, because um, we don't know how the spiritual energy looks or we don't have the experience, um, we don't have the experience of seeing it. Even though we have the experience of living in it, we don't have the experience of seeing it. So we don't, uh, we think that it is same as the material. And Mayavadis, the impersonists go a little further. So Mayavadi word, if you use, please don't think that it is some kind of a, uh, some kind of a scolding or some kind of, it is just to say that those who think that the Supreme Personality of Godhead or the Narayana or Krishna or Rama when they come, they think that their body is also made of material nature. So that's what Maya Vadi, that's what it means, the material nature. They, are, they, are, they think that because material nature is very, very far away from Krishna. Krishna explains in that Ishopanishad, the Prabhupada writes in Ishopanishad um, uh, very clearly, like how Krishna's expansions or the four quadruple expansions, first quadruple expansions and the second quadruple expansions and from there comes the material nature. So these people think that when Krishna comes down, his body is made of the material elements like our body. So that's why they are called Mayavadis, are completely unable to conceive of spiritual body. They say that the spirit is always impersonal and whenever they see something personal, they take it granted for that is as material. So that is, that is what they are doing an offense. Like when Krishna himself is saying that my body is transcendental, my body is divyam, which is above this material nature, which is not made of these material elements, but they always deride saying that the, the absolute truth is not a person. The absolute truth does not have any kind of a form or any kind of a body or anything. It's an impersonal thing. It's light. And then whenever it comes down to this material body, it comes, whenever it comes down to this universe, it comes as, it comes in the material form. Even though Krishna himself says in the fourth chapter of Bhagavad Gita that, you know, I come down in my transcendental body, janma karma chame divyam. That one line is so powerful like how in this one line, idam sariram durvibhasyam. Krishna himself is saying who he is and how his body is. And we are saying that, no Krishna, your body is also made of material elements like that. If I am telling somebody that I like this and they deride that and they keep saying that then we will all, uh, you, no, you are not this, you are this. Then the only word that we can call them is that they are ignorant or fools or not want to know the truth. So in Bhagavad Gita 9.11, this proverb, Prabhupada puts, Avajhananti maam mudha manushim tanumastitam param bhavam ajhananto mamabhutha maheshwaram. Fools deride me when I descend in the human form. They do not know my transcendental nature and my supreme dominance over all that be. So this, this important thing which we have to keep in our mind when we are approaching Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Gita for reading is that Krishna is not having material body like us. He is not influenced by the modes. So when mode of goodness, so we should not be thinking that when mode of goodness is acting on him, 
he is saying Bhagavad Gita and one mode of mode of passion is acting on him is uh, participating in some kind of an activities and when mode of um, ignorance is this he is killing the demons no that is not how Krishna's karmas are Krishna's actions are our actions are like that our karmas our karmas are influenced by the modes when mode of goodness is prominent, we do good things. When mode of passion is prominent, we do uh, we we go behind our desires to fulfill them. When mode of ignorance is uh, uh, prominent, we act uh, uh, lusty, we act ang- angry, we uh, we are uh, lazy, we don't want to do anything. We want so that is what for us because even we can go beyond the modes. Even we can go beyond the modes. When we can understand that we are this spiritual nature, we are this spirit soul. If we understand that we are that spirit soul and we establish ourselves in the spirit nature and when we can understand that we are not the only doer and the modes are influencing on me and I am acting under the modes and whenever the modes are influencing on me, I need to take shelter of the holy name, I need to take the shelter of the uh, supreme Lord, then then we also act beyond the modes we will always situate ourselves in Suddha Sattvam. How do we act when we are in Suddha Sattvam? We act for the pleasure of the Lord. We don't act for any kind of sense gratification for ourselves and we won't be influenced by any of the modes. Every time, every action, every karma we do is for the pleasure of the Lord. We are situated in the Suddha Sattva, transcendental, beyond, beyond the modes. When we are situated in the Suddha Sattvam, we will be able to realize ourselves as the spirit soul and then we will be immediately able to perceive no supreme soul. When we see the supreme soul, that's when everything gets clear to us. We see how this material energy is acting upon us with modes, how our how we are entrapped in this material body made of 24 elements and how we are thinking that we are this material body. So that's why pure devotees of Lord, they do not care about the material body because they can clearly see themselves separated from the material body, they clearly understand that I am trapped in this material body, I am not this material body. So whatever the modes are asking me to do, whatever the influences are coming, whatever the adjust this material body is asking me to do, I should not be doing that. The more I am doing, I am getting myself trapped in this material world, I should be looking towards the spirit, I should be looking towards Krishna, and I should be acting under that. I should be situation. And how we reach that stage? Just because we know theoretically we won't go there. We go to that stage when we constantly engage ourselves in hearing and chanting of the holy names. When we are constantly thinking about that transcendental nature of the Lord, transcendental activities of the Lord, and transcendental holy name of the Lord. When we are associating ourselves all the time to the divine nature, that's when we go and act in that divine mode. Until then, if we are associating ourselves all the time with the material body and acting under the influence of the modes, then we will it will be very difficult for us to make that switch. And how that happens, Mataji, why are you asking us to do like that? When we are in this material world, we have to act according, I have some certain kind of obligations. I am a father, I am a daughter, I am a mother. Yes, we. it is true. Because we are trapped in this material body, we do have obligations 
material responsibilities. When we are doing them, we should not be overwhelmed or obsessed that I am this body. We should always relate everything with Krishna and do that. When we have kids, we should think that they are all servants. They are also kids of Krishna. So I'm serving them, I'm serving Krishna. When we are working, we are working because we want to maintain this material body because this is the only platform I have to go back to Krishna. So I'm maintaining this body. And by maintaining this body, what I'm doing? I'm serving Krishna. So everything that we are doing material, we should have Krishna in the center. And always we have to remind ourselves, whenever we are endeavoring too much for material things, that's like a red flag for us. If we do not have time for chanting, if we do not have time for hearing, if we do not have time or we are getting excited of the material things, we are getting overwhelmed with anger, into uh, lusty desires or anything, that is also a red flag. Then immediately we have to put a break and we have to understand that moods are influencing me. This is actually not my real nature. I should not be giving up myself to this. I have to step back and understand and then use the scriptures and follow them. Because why? Because Krishna further says, unintelligent people think that Supreme Lord accepts a body composed of the material energy. We can easily understand that the material body, we can easily understand the material body, but we can understand, we cannot understand the spiritual body. Therefore, Rishabhade says, idam seriram mama durvibhavyam. In the spiritual world, world, everyone has a spiritual body. So all of us have a spiritual body in the spiritual world. This is often a question for many of us that what kind of a body we get when we are related. We will get a spiritual body. But don't ask me how that spiritual body looks because I don't know. I still did not see that. I will go by scriptures only and I will say how that spiritual body looks. How is the spiritual, it is made of the spiritual nature. And we will have the same form as we have right now which looks like a human but not made of the material elements, but it is made of the spiritual elements which do not deteriorate, which do not go through the six kind of transformations that we have discussed before, which, which will not die at one point of time so that we have to take another body. Satta, Chitta, Ananda. Or Sat is like it is eternal, the spiritual body is Chitta. It is always it is always knowledgeable. That means it doesn't have the impurities like lust, anger, or enjoying nature or controlling nature and ananda, which always gives happiness. Our material body does not give us always happiness. Whoever may so claim that I don't I am very healthy, I don't have any problems or anything, old age does create inconveniences and problems. And the material world in which we are living, where we have calamities and all definitely give us inconvenience and problems. So nobody can claim that I have, I'm only having happiness all the time unless they are devotionally motivated, unless they are beyond the body, unless they are thinking beyond the body, they cannot claim that I'm always happy. So in the spiritual body, all of us have spiritual, in the spiritual world, all of us have spiritual bodies and spiritual senses. What does those spiritual senses do? Those spiritual senses always serve Krishna and derive happiness. What actually our material senses are doing, which is completely opposite. They always try to serve us and try to gain, derive happiness. So, there are only three things in the spiritual world. Sevya, Seva and Sevaka. The person served. 
that is the supreme lord you call him krishna narayana lord vishnu vaikuntha plant he he is the one and the process of service the different kinds of services that we are doing in the material world same services we will be doing there and the servant that is the jivatma that is we with our spiritual body these three items are completely spiritual and therefore the spiritual world is called absolute even the devotional service the devo- the items that we are using for devotional service are also spiritual there so everything is spiritual there nothing is material where there is a time and date which gets perishes everything is spiritual and therefore the spiritual world is called absolute there is no thing of material contamination there being completely transcendental to the material conception lord rishabhadev states that his heart is composed of dharma so here he says in the third line of the shloka that my heart is composed of dharma dharma is explained in bhagavad gita again here everybody may say that he is talking about dharma here but not that uh, but not devotional service to the lord again when we are looking at these verses look through the parampara look through the acharya side prabhupada makes it makes it so easy for us that because dharma is relative but we we all have two kinds of dharmas one is our eternal dharma which is constitutionally we are all we are servants of krishna and we serve krishna the other one is the rules and regulations according to the body that we have taken and according to the ashrama and varna that we are in so there are rules and regulations the scriptures has mentioned rules and regulations according to the body that we have taken male female uh, human animal the bodies that we have taken we have a dharma and then we have rules and regulations it is not that there is no one above us and we are the masters of our ourselves there are rules and regulations we have to follow those rules and regulations if we are not following those rules and regulations that means we are going away from the heart of the supreme personality of godhead because krishna here is saying dharma is in my heart and prabhupad brings out 8.66 where he says that para dharma which is the superior dharma what is the superior dharma serving lord always sarva dharman varityajya mamekam saranam vacha you might have different different dharmas like when you are a daughter you have a different dharma towards your father when you are a wife you have a different dharma towards your husband when you are a mother you have a different dharma towards your kid so all these dharmas you know forget about all these things they may be very confusing for you sometimes whether i am doing right thing or wrong thing if you surrender to me i will help you accomplish all these things are also right and because you are doing the superior dharma everything automatically falls down in the place so that's why prabhupada brings this verse 8.66 beautifully here saying that sarva dharman parityacha mam ekam sharanam raja surrender to me and automatically you will perform everything in the spiritual world every living entity is surrendered to the supreme lord so in the spiritual world we always are situated in our para dharma our constitutional position as a servant of the supreme lord and is completely on the spiritual part one although there are servitors the served and service all are spiritual and variegated it is not that all of us will be doing the same kind of a service we all will be doing various services according to our mood and according to our desire but all are spiritual at present moment due to our material conception everything is durvibhaya yeah. 
because we are trapped in this jail, we are trapped with these material senses and material body, we cannot conceive that. What is explained in the scriptures about the spiritual world and uh, spiritual services and all. So we have to accept that truth because we have to accept that there is a spiritual world because scriptures are not written by any person, they are any materially material person. They are written by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So the Lord is Rishabha, the best in terms of the Vedic language, Nityo Nityanam. We are also spiritual, but we are subordinate. Krishna, the Supreme Lord, is therefore is the foremost living entity. So the Supreme Lord, Krishna, Narayana, is the foremost, superior, and even though we are made we are spiritual, we are we are taking our spiritual body, we are serving Lord spiritually, we are subordinate and we are servants of the Lord. The word Rishabha means the chief or the supreme and indicates the supreme being or God himself. So Rishabhadev means supreme being or supreme God himself. So this is the verse and this particular word idam seriram mama durvibhavyam. You cannot conceive the transcendental body of mind which is divyam which Krishna says in the fourth chapter of Bhagavad Gita same Lord Rishabhadev he is telling here to his sons. Um, I will conclude here um, today my uh, session on this verse. Um, anybody wants to add anything or correct anything, um, uh, please Prabhujis and Matajis, please um, go ahead. Um. Hare Krishna Mataji, Mataji thank you for your wonderful class. It was so nice the way you explained in a very simple manner and uh, we are continuing with Rishabdev's uh, uh, you know like teachings and uh, it's so nice uh, in the Bhagavatam brings everything to reality because I had heard about uh, you know teachings of Rishabdev but then now we are actually studying and uh, and most of the teachings are so similar like you know what Srila Prabhupada speaks in the Bhagavad Gita and what we are hearing from uh, Rishabh Dev, you know, like uh, even yesterday we had heard that uh, we had to ca be careful that um, get out of the uh, cycle of birth and death, something like that. Uh, Shamitrishi Maharaj was speaking in, in those terms, like, you know, and we should mm -hmm. not be a uh, mother, father, whatever, unless we are uh, this thing into... Uh... So, Mataji, like there are some people who, you know, um, they... I would say they are not, uh, they are like, uh, the Bhagavata mentions about mixed bhakta, right? Mixed, uh, mm -hmm. they are they are following, but they are not completely following. Like they are chanting, they are reading, but they are not uh, having only prasadam. Or they are doing something which is not complete, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, how, which category will those people come into? Like, I mean, are those people who uh, eventually... They they also will become devotees with time, or how does it yes. work like that? Yeah, because if we see in third chapter of Bhagavad Gita, uh, there is a verse where Krishna says that do not disturb the people um, who are still um, not at that level, like who cannot completely dedicate their lives 
to the spiritual. Actually, all of us are also sadhana bhaktas. We are not completely pure devotees of the Lord. Um, we are trying to become, but we are following all the rules and regulations. Like uh, we know the truth, and uh, we we know that we are still not there, but we are trying. Uh, but there are still um, uh, some people uh, who don't want to do or who don't want to accept, who want to be like, uh, uh, who want to practice devotion, but at the same time who want to um, enjoy also um, uh, like uh, the material world or don't want to go into too much of austerity and penances. Um, so they, there will be like um, uh, uh, those people also. So in 3 point, if I'm not wrong, 3.26 or 25, Krishna says like, you know, don't disturb those minds, their minds. Let them there, they do their prescribed duties. Like as long as they are doing um, according to the Varna and Ashrama they are. Like it, I don't say that if they are doing uh, something against their Ashrama, like they are breaking the rules, being in a Gruhas Ashrama, they are doing illicit sex or they are doing all those kinds. That is not what I mean. But you find a major a majority of the people um, who are not uh, devotionally inclined, uh, but they are very good. Like they may not be eating prasadam all the time. Uh, occasionally on the festival days, they may be cooking and offering prasadam. And uh, on the festival days, they may be praying. But uh, nor normally on, other, on all other days, um, they might be just uh, earning uh, legitimately and then uh, uh, cooking and eating and enjoying with their pa partners and enjoying the material comforts and all. They are all okay. They are they are all as long as that they are not breaking the rules um, of the scriptures and not doing things. They are their progress will be slow because that's why Krishna says, you know, do not confuse them and do not uh, uh, disturb their mind when they are not at their level to understand the Krishna consciousness or when they are not at the level of understanding pure devotion. Don't disturb them. Let them go in their own path and try to engage them in the service indirectly because if we confuse them, if we tell them that, you know, whatever you are doing is wrong, um, uh, this is not how you should not be doing. Um, you, if you kind of show the standard of a pure devotee to them always, that kind of bewilders them thinking that anyway, this is the standard, then whatever I'm doing is of no use. So let me break everything and not even do that. So we should not be disturbing them. Let them continue in what they are doing. And we have to just add Krishna to their lives in different ways, in uh, like on the festivals or uh, engaging them in the service in a different way. Do not talk like they are doing service or anything. If we can continue, let them continue like that, it is not that um, they, uh, they are, uh, they lie, uh, um, their progress is slow. It may not be fast like those who are completely dedicated to the Krishna consciousness and taking few devotional service. Their path is slow. But eventually they come there if they are situated like that. So Krishna clearly says that, you know, show your Krishna consciousness or, uh, or um, exhibit your Krishna consciousness when you are going into a group of people who are not Krishna consciousness, not to intimidate them that, you know, I am such a great devotee or wish, but to inspire them. But most of the time when we know Krishna consciousness, when we are practicing something, um, even with our loved ones, especially with our loved ones, with our closed ones, um, we try to uh, exhibit our standards to intimidate them, to, to put them low. But our the exhibition of our standards or our uh, Krishna consciousness should be inspiring to them because Krishna conscious devotees are paradukha dukhi. They are more understanding. 
we understand their conditioned nature we understand that they are completely trapped in their material body and they are thinking that their material body is everything and they are beyond they are beyond the sense gratif they are uh, they are behind the sense gratification and we should not be abruptly like if you if you have to take a knife from the hand of a kid you have to give something else in the hand and take the knife you are trying to scratch the knife if you are trying to snatch the knife from the kid's hand the kid also get hurts and he may not even give it and he may hurt himself more so we have to be really careful they are they are good as long as they are not doing adharma they are good because dharma ardha kama moksha if if following dharma they are enjoying if following dharma they are earning money eventually they go to moksha may not be now after many 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 lifetimes they will go their progress is slow as krishna repeatedly propad repeatedly writes in second and third chapters of bhagavad gita that their progress is low the people who are following the prescribed duties and performing and not doing complete like dedicating their lives to krishna consciousness uh, they are not lost but their progress is slow but we he writes very nicely in 3.26 like you know the devotees who are in krishna consciousness rather working in spirit of devotion he should engage them in all sorts of activities we should let them engage, let them engage uh, you know let them um, uh, involve uh, involve them in all kinds of activity uh, all kinds of activities for the gradual development of krishna consciousness gradually they come to the stage of krishna consciousness it is not that they are completely lost they will come slowly uh, there some of us may be very quick but we are only looking at this lifetime we don't know how we are in our previous lifetimes maybe we are like them in previous lifetimes where we are doing slowly 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 so we have increased our bhakti account to certain stage that where we are starting as soon as we are born in this life but uh, but we might have uh, acquired that in our previous lives um, slowly slowly only so they may be in that so we should be seeing the opportunities where we can involve them um in in the spiritual uh, life or engaging them in kinds of uh, works like if they have money if let's say you are going you are approaching a person who have lot of money uh, they may not be completely okay they may not be completely um mata ji sorry you were saying something i didn't no mata ji i think uh, everybody needs to mute the phone okay so if let's say you find uh, i find a wealthy person they may not be inclined towards uh, austerities finances chanting and all those things so you can engage them in uh, in uh, asking them to donate to temples so they will be easy they will do in that way you are engaging their lakshmi in the service of krishna there may be some people uh, who don't have any money uh, but they have lot of physical energy so you can engage uh, we can engage them in uh, doing the chores in the temple like you know we all and some may be good at singing engage them in kirtans not specifically saying that you are doing a devotional service some may be good at cooking they like to cook whether it is in temple or at home engage them in cooking so we should be engaging them in all kinds of activities without judging them uh, without uh, discriminating them in in that way gradually they progress in krishna consciousness so krishna consciousness is not like mataji the creatures as a creatures as a people who are going into the society and trying to attract the people to krishna consciousness we have to be little uh, bit using our common sense 
we should not be diluting the philosophy but we should be finding a way to engage agar bhi seedhi ungli se nahi aati to ungli ko teda karna padta hai like that we have to engage in another way in krishna service i do that often with my little one i should tell you because uh, she is the youngest in my house um, all the other kids are super busy with their homework or anything so she doesn't have anybody to play so she often tries to dis- she she wants someone to be with her all the time um, so that so when i have sessions or when i have classes or when i am reading uh, some scriptures she often disturbs the other kids so they say that mom she is disturbing us so i bring her and make her sit next to me so what i do is like when i do the classes or anything i'll tell oh can you help me scroll this screen can you help me share uh, can you help me read i will write my notes for this uh, so i'll i make her sit with me whatever i'm doing i just make her sit with me and i won't tell that she's reading a scripture i won't tell her that uh, she's getting philosophy or she's doing i'll just tell her that you know you read this i will write the note in this way you will help your mom so in that way she reads with me chaitanya charitamritam she reads with me bhagavatam she reads with me shopanishad everything she just reads with me and unknowingly she is getting those things inside because she is thinking that she is doing for me actually she never thought that she is doing something for herself so she is now like more familiar with so many things than any than the other um and that too because she's all constantly always with me and then she does that effortlessly um uh, because she doesn't even know that she's doing something good for herself but the same girl if i make her sit and do she doesn't do do it for yourself so similarly like you know we have to use our intelligence and uh, do the things like my older one she thinks so i make sure that every time she sits and leads the kirtan so somehow or the other we have to engage um, these people so that they gradually progress in krishna consciousness mataji thank you so much mataji for this very nice hari krishna hari krishna i have one question uh, about this mayavadi is uh, i need a, a argument to counter uh, that they say that we are all part of the same cosmic consciousness so like uh, uh, so that is the argument they use uh, to say that uh, cosmic consciousness is cosmic consciousness is same and we are all part of the same we are somehow for the time being we are in this situation and we'll uh, go there so uh, yeah, of course uh, oh uh, yeah in a qualitative level say, uh, consciousness is same but in the uh, or, uh, other than this uh, uh, atma maya yeah, this part and uh, quantity part so other than that uh, i want some uh, argument to counter them uh, because this con- co- sameness of the cosmic consciousness they use uh, to merge uh, atman into brahman and this uh, basically uh, uh this is my body and this thing uh, yes, politics uh, yes um i am also looking for a sound uh, uh, can you clarify your question a little bit more because i didn't understand your question i am looking for a good argument uh, to this cosmic consciousness uh, pitch of the mayavadis actually uh, that is the pitch they use uh, to confuse lot of people 
because everybody wants to be god right everybody is pleasure seeking enjoy enjoyment seeking so that is they take a very simple very bullet uh, argument uh, in, in uh, bhakti favor uh, which will confuse this uh, which will uh, like uh, counter this confusion being driven by the mayavadis it's called uh, we are all part of the same consciousness a cosmic consciousness we merge into uh, that um, something like uh, of course you can say that um, uh this body is perishable and krishna says janma karma cha medipyam and avajananti ma mudha but something in the like anecdotal something Okay. All right. I got it. Go ahead. Uh, Prabhuji, you want to answer? Bajigo and Das Prabhu. Mataji, go ahead. This is your class. So, no, 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 uh, Prabhuji. Uh, please go ahead because um, I, I, I am also uh, looking for the references and anecdotes because as Prabhu was saying, this is something we of we know so many things but i i will after you speak then i'll give a reference which i am also going to go and uh, do because when people come to challenge uh, so that's where uh, it is prabhupada has written in the second chapter of bhagavad gita many places how it is different but i would like to hear from you prabhu ji um, <laughs> uh, i mean uh, go ahead, uh, ahead mata ji it's okay that's fine i mean you know I just want No Prabhu no Prabhu yeah. I I would like to hear please go ahead <laughs> hmm. I mean I just I was just trying to understand the question other than that uh, uh I was appreciate if you can go ahead uh, but if you insist that I must say something so uh, Prabhu ji uh, only way to uh, uh understand uh, uh the mayavadi is when you understand the spirit soul there is no way around it if you understand the spirit soul properly then uh, uh you can uh, immediately uh, uh get rid of mayavadi in a second uh, krishna says and prabhupada also says many different places you know back to godhead magazine he says krishna surya samam maya hoya andhakar jahan krishna vahane maya adhikar what does that mean krishna is like a sun uh, surya dev and uh, maya hoya andhakar andhakar means night ratri so uh in bhagavad gita there are so many different places and in bhagavatam too there are so many references that uh, as soon as sun is rising uh or even before the sun is rising you'll be able to see everything as it is but in a uh, ratri in the night you will not be able to see anything and everything um no matter what you do even you have perfect 2020 vision still you will not be able to see anything because what it is ratri it is a night uh, that night uh, i mean you know 
Sometimes you have clouds and, uh, I mean, in a jungle. Uh, and dead of night, there is no tinge of light. So how can you see? You cannot see anything. Um, so when there is no light, uh, all there is is just assumptions going on everywhere. That okay, I think, you think, my thing is right, my thought is correct, your, th your thought is correct, things like that. And uh, we make a group out of it. And then, uh, oh, this Baba is very good because he speaks the way I can understand it. All right. So uh, that's just an explanation on a Ratri. Now, let's see what happens as soon as you receive the transcendental knowledge. So first, the transcendental knowledge is that I'm not the body. I'm spirit soul. And uh, once you understand, na jayate mriyate vana kadachin naayam bhutva bhavita vana bhuya ajo nitya sastra toyam purano na hanyante hanyam ane sarire. What is the spirit so? Na jayate. Na jayate means what? When you yeah, say yeah, they, Mayavad is also, uh, uh, they know that they, they are spirit soul. Nojayate um, that's perfectly okay with them. Yeah. But they uh, deviate uh, on that uh, uh, servant part. That uh, uh, Yeah, so, so, the merging, so the merging comes when you say Namriyate. When you merge something, then the original... Uh, uh, living entity is gone because it's already merged in now. You follow? You know, what they are trying to yeah. say to you, he says, uh, we are like a raindrop. And then when the raindrop, uh, when you merge into the ocean, uh, you will lose your identity and now you become ocean. Now the thing is, when... Lord says, no jayati, okay, fine, they can understand that much, but uh, you also have to say, nam riyate. What does nam riyate mean? You will never yeah, lose yeah. your spiritual identity, no matter what you do. No matter what you do, even anywhere you go in this whole Brahmaloka or whole Brahman or anywhere, I mean, 14 planetary system, or even you go to Vishnu Loka, or you go to Golukundavana, there is nowhere reference anywhere that now you merge into the Lord. Huh? It is not possible. Now, there are some time, because we do not know the word, there are some time the word is used like a Sisupal merged into the body of the Lord, something like that. But uh, it is not that he is dead. Sisupal or Ravan or, uh, you know, they are not dead. They 
took a shelter of body of the Lord. But they are not dead. Okay. Right away, they came back as a guy and died. So the spirit soul never dies. So when you just refute this statement, the Namriyate, that no matter what you happens, no matter what happens, the spirit soul cannot die. And it has no choice, no choice, no choice, no choice, but to take a shelter of the Lord. And when spirit soul goes back to home, back to Godhead, Golukundavan, that's the only time uh, he becomes happy by serving Lord Sri Krishna. Huh? At that time, their theory goes blank because now there is no mriyate. And na jayate mriyate vana kadachin. Kadachin. What does kadachin mean? Nayam bhutva bhavita vana bhuya. There is never a time that this can happen. And the Lord says, it's even beyond the time. You see, there is not the time in a past in the present, or in the future, any time this uh, living entity will be changing his nature. Huh? Uh, uh, nature of living entity is what? Jiva Swarupa Hoinitya Krishna Das, that he will be serving Krishna all the time, no matter where. Okay? So, Kadachi, no way, it will never change. And Nayam Bhutva Bhavita Vanabhuya Ajo Nitya Saswatoyam Purano that this uh, spirit soul Saswat no matter what happens you cannot do it you cannot change it you, I cannot change it on my own I cannot change my nature not only that nobody else can change my nature why? because my nature is Saswat that I will be always servant of Lord Sri Krishna so by understanding everything uh, the way it is, Bhagavad Gita as it is, then we can very easily uh, refute this uh, misunderstanding of uh, Ajgar or Ratri, then uh, we can be peaceful at that time. So, na hanyante hanyamane sarire. The body has, I mean, soul has nothing to do with body, no matter what it is. Mataji, uh, I'll stop here because uh, I don't want to go so many places. Yeah, Prabhuji. Thank you so much. Sir. So, Prabhuji, um, so what the first point Prabhu was saying is we find in 5.17 where Prabhupada writes that once we uh, see uh, knowing spirit, uh, knowing that we are not body, we are spirit, um, if we understand that, but that is not a complete understanding. And Prabhupada mentions that they are like, sometimes you find that uh, very reason, uh, very analytical, and, uh, uh, and people also understand that there is something beyond this body. But as Prabhupada mentioned, and Prabhupada writes in that 5.17, I'm just giving the verse where I find this, like, you know, um, once we reach soul, once we understand we are spirit, we are not body, and we can attain supreme soul, when we when we uh, uh, when we attain supreme soul when we that's when everything gets clear to us like how the sunlight once the sunlight comes we can see everything in all directions like 
um, even though in the darkness we have a torch that which is like you know I am spirit but not a body only uh, helps us to see the things a little bit but as soon as the sun uh, sunlight comes we can see everything so after knowing that I am spirit not the body and then attaining the supreme spirit everything um, uh, gets clear that is one but if you if the if the people who are in the discussion uh, when we try to explain these two things, we definitely have to see the mood of those people, Prabhu, because I I also encounter sometimes somebody who wants to just sit down and challenge um, and uh, uh, and wants to just condemn. Uh, so I just tell them that, you know, whatever you are thinking, it's not, uh, uh, it's not completely, it's just a partial truth. Uh, so I don't even say that sometimes because I know that where they are coming from, where their mood is. So after explaining uh, uh, the things that Prabhupada has mentioned and all, I just, uh, I just, uh, uh, I just try to somehow uh, stop the argument from there because you know, uh, like uh, whether they are approaching and asking these questions to know really the truth or to sit down and argue. Um, so sometimes those arguments just does not end in, in anyone, uh, anyone's favor. Um, and over the period of time, uh, here being in Cedar Rapids, and uh, I encounter many times like those arguments just continue, 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 and how much ever we bring, as just now Prabhupada, uh, as uh, Prabhuji also said, the drained of ocean ex example, and so many other examples. But what I uh, feel uh, we find references is like 2.12, where uh, 2.12 per foot. In the beginning itself, Prabhupada wonderfully brings out that. Uh, uh, how to contract the Mayavadi. So in that he writes that the Mayavadi theory that after revelation the individual soul separated by the covering of Maya or illusion will merge into the impersonal Brahman and lose its individual existence is not supported herein by Lord Krishna, the Supreme Authority. Nor is the theory that we only think of individuality in the conditioned state supported herein. Krishna clearly says herein that in the future also the individuality of the Lord and others as it is confirmed in the Upanishads, will continue to continue eternally. This statement of Krishna is authoritative because Krishna cannot be subject to illusion. If individuality were not a fact, then Krishna would not have stressed this so much, even for the future. The Mayavadi may argue that the individuality spoken of Krishna is not spiritual but material. Even accepting the argument that the individuality is material, then how can one distinguish Krishna's individuality. Krishna affirms his individuality in the past and confirms his individuality in the future also. He has confirmed his individuality in many ways and impersonal Brahman has been declared to be subordinate to him. Krishna has maintained spiritual individuality all along. If he is accepted as an ordinary conditioned soul in the individual consciousness, then his Bhagavad Gita has no value as authority to speak scripture. So this purport in 2.12, I always go and refer to this um, whenever the ma people coming from impersonal speech are, uh, come. So Prabhupada really clearly writes there, the Mayavadi argues that plurality mentioned in this verse is conventional and that it refers to the body. But previous to this verse, such a bodily conception is already condemned. So this is in 2.12. Um, where Prabhupada writes in detail uh, how to how the Mayavadis think and how that is not correct, uh, quoting the uh, 
कथोपनिषद नित्यो नित्यानाम चेतनस चेतनाम एको बहुनाम यो विदति खामन बट आई लाइक द पॉइंट विच बद गोविंद प्रभु हज मेन्शन इन द बिगिनिंग वेर विच इज सपोर्टेड इन फाइव पॉइंट सेवेंटीन वेर कृष्णा सेज दैट यू नो वंस यू अचीव कृष्णा लाइक हाउ सनलाइट शोज एवरीथिंग टू यू क्लियरली इन रिलेशन टू कृष्णा in relation to the supreme personality of god that's when we will be able to understand even more clearly um and then i uh, that's what even i think prabhu and uh, one more thing i can uh, suggest um, uh, there is one full lecture series uh, by radhika raman prabhu um, because he has done uh, research and uh, he has written um, he has got a phd um uh, in the thesis uh, based on jiva goswami's teaching so he has a full lecture series in youtube on uh, how, how the mayavadi theory and how do we um, how how it is not correct so there um, i'm also um, i i read i heard that before but there you might be find, finding more references but this najayate what reference pajigorendra prabhu has given is also very much good to understand and get the concept but i have seen people who don't accept that and come back again with some other things maybe you if you listen to that um, you may find even more uh, points to discuss uh, but i personally feel after some after some discussions if i know the intention of the persons uh, then i just come back uh, following prophas instruction again as prophas says in ishopanishad like you know you can preach to innocent Uh, but uh, we don't need to go and preach to the people who are there to just challenge and condemn and just want to argue for the argument sake so i just uh, come back from there thank you everyone mataji so you have been so humble being but it you were lot of uh, lights uh, from what i was looking for i mean on on, uh, on what i was looking for ஒரு <laughs> thoughts and also discussed um, and i feel very purified thank you so much um uh, qualification very poor i was i i was also thinking about that uh, uh, the tree and the parrot the tree goes uh, the parrot green color parrot goes to the tree which is also yeah. green but it still maintains mm-hmm. identity that is a like, uh, night i mean no thing i just came to my mind as i was listening yeah. also actually 2.12 prabhupad in the beginning itself i i just loved it there when prabhupad writes that very clearly in the beginning like he uh, he refutes those arguments and writes very clearly that there is no question that you are not individual in the past and you won't be individual in the future you are individual in the past present and future he writes that very nicely there <coughs> Prabhuji can I uh, share something very powerful to you if it is okay with you Yes yes thank you Prabhuji Okay So uh <coughs> uh 
Now, this is uh, maybe reference somewhere. This may not be reference somewhere. It may be uh, kind of, you know, I'm, it's just an example, OK? Uh, so Prabhupada says that when we are doing a devotional service, Prabhuji, uh, it's a war against Maya. And the yes. word is war against Maya. Now, when you are in a war, what happens? You you cannot really fight bare hands. It's not possible. What do you need to do? You need to have weapons. I mean, you know, to fight war, you need to have weapons, right? And this is war against the Maya. So how are you going to fight Maya Devi? She has uh, so many hands, and there is weapon in each and every hand. So how are you going to fight against Maya? Yes, Sadhu And and the answer is it's impossible to fight against Maya Devi because she got so many weapons. Okay, that's number yes. one. Number two. Now the war is there. It's not the war is over. Uh, we are taking birth many, 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 many times. Yeah. It's not that it's going to stop. So, I mean, Maya Devi is already punishing you. Now you have declared the war against the Maya. So how are you going to fight? So this is where Prabhuji Bhagavad Gita comes into the play. Huh. Once you start, do not take this words as words, Prabhuji. Uh, take this as a weapon. Uh, put it in your heart. Once you put it in your heart uh, and use it as a weapon, Krishna will protect you all the time. I mean, this particular words has saved my spiritual life. Um, I mean, I was trapped in my body, and uh, everybody came to my home, and then uh, they started preaching me pretty heavily. But what happened was, I have read Bhagavad Gita beforehand. Okay. And it was not Prabhupada Bhagavad Gita so much, so, uh, but I have read Bhagavad Gita. And somehow or other, I have memorized this sloka. So then... Uh, when they came to me, then this sloka came out from my heart. And they said, well, if the soul does not die, then what these people are talking? So what I'm trying to say to you, Prabhuji, is uh, we have to take this Bhagavad Gita in a heart. Once you take it in a heart and you accept as a, not sloka, but as your weapon or your help, uh, because in a fight, the two things are important. Uh, what do you call? The sword is as important as a shield. Why? Yes. Sword is sword is is to go ahead and cut, but then uh, shield is to protect you from getting cut. So the same way we have to take this sloka so powerfully to our heart, so that once you are convinced that uh, Lord, whatever Lord Krishna is speaking, it is for our benefit, then you'll be very easily uh, cross over this theory and you'll go back to home, back to Godhead. Hare Krishna. Thank you.
Wonderful, Prabhu. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, even in that yeah, verse, it's... Uh, go ahead, Prabhu. Yeah, I'm just on this. I was just saying that uh, shield and sword was nice. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, analogy. Uh, it can be extended, you know, I think, more, very nicely. Yeah, I mean, uh, this, yeah, I mean, uh, Rupa, they spent a lot of energy in encountering Mayavad. So, uh, like, uh, we need to continue, actually. Otherwise, uh, uh, I mean, I mean uh, because of his... Uh, of of the energy and of course the 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 stature that he had uh, um, he could uh, do it uh, more easily but we have to also continue um, but yeah. uh, so we are in our preaching we have becoming uh, ghostian on this uh, so we're not going beyond ghosty so that is uh, one thing that i oh, like i see so that's why our question was all from there yeah two, 2.20 which prabhu has mentioned najayate mrite va kadachin even in that was prepad rise quotes another katopanishad verse which is in similar terms where it says that the soul will not lose its identity prabhu so 2.20 2.12 i i often goes to the i often go these to, to these verses and read them again and again in uh, the translations and purports to uh, to to help me uh, discuss and argue uh, with these kind of arguments uh, there are there are few who come to know there are few who come to challenge as i said uh, so this helped as prabhu said that uh, helped and uh, uh, these verses are wonderful and second chapter of bhagavad gita um, reading line by line understanding uh, internalizing them and using them as weapons that's another good example uh uh has given very nice thank you both so much and mataji and uh, all the devotees on the call thank you very much so uh, uh thank you mataji you have uh, explained from uh, many corners and uh yeah i mean i'm very happy to hear uh i really appreciate that thank you Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you, Prabhu. So, Mataji, if there are no more discussion or comments or feedback or questions, should we conclude the session?